Hello everyone, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. It's Andy back alongside James and Paul. How's everyone doing? Got the three of us again. It's a rare occasion at the moment, but good to be back. Yeah, nice to have you back. I would say it's coming home. It's coming mm. home and so is Paul. <laughs> it took six seconds, but I'm glad you skipped it. <laughs> I was waiting, I was getting a bit shaky waiting for it. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't sing the song. <laughs> Oh, yeah. i got yeah. a question for later. <laughs> ah, nice, nice. Don't ruin it. Um, yeah, we are continuing our divisional breakdowns. Uh, we're on to a proper division this week as well. I think it's safe to say. A real division. Real. NFC South. <laughs> uh, we're, we're over to the NFC North. And joining us for this one, we've got pro football writer, Bears reporter, Zach Pearson. Zach, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm uh, excited to break down the NFC North and all that's happened. Good, man. Um, before we get stuck into it, Zach, do you want to just tell uh, everybody who's listening a little bit about what you do day-to-day? Yeah, so pretty much um, I cover the Chicago Bears for Bear Report of uh, 24-7 Sports. Um, it's a mainly a college website that covers pretty much all college recruiting, but they still have a couple um you know nfl sites so pretty much that's my main job is, is covering the team and right now as i was telling you guys before the show i mean it's kind of a dead period because it's like there's nothing really going on like all the articles are pretty much about rankings and fantasy football rank stuff like that so you know the bears should be in trading camp uh at the end of july and then it'll start to ramp up big time because i think there's some interesting storylines especially with the bears and the NFC North with a couple other teams involved. Can I just ask a quick question? It's just yeah. come to me now. As a as a writer of a team, a beat writer, whatever you want to be called, um, do you all support the team that you are covering? Um, I mean, I'd say it's it's kind of mixed. Like, you know, we have the rule here, like, you can't cheer in the press box at all. So if something okay. happens, you can't. But, like... You know, I grew up a Bears fan. So, yeah. I, you know, there's a couple of us that's kind of like that. But there's also others that are, you know from around the country different that have just that's their job so it's 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 kind of hard but you have to kind of grow into like you can't be biased and cheer and and get mad it does take a little bit though (laughs) couldn't be it couldn't do it (laughs) (laughs) it's hard it's pretty hard so how did you end up in that role then zach yeah so i um actually interned for the site under the previous publisher and, um, you know, just kind of wrote, um, wrote articles for free for like a year or two. And then I kind of got access to the press box because he had an extra press pass. Um, and then when it was time, you know, he kind of was ready to move on from it, you know, just passed it on to me. And I was, you know, very lucky and very fortunate. I mean, I, I did work hard, but it's like if, if I never would have met the previous publisher, I probably wouldn't be in this spot. And I'd probably be doing something else so very very fortunate because i've been able to do a lot you know in this spot you know as i was telling you guys like i I was over in london two years ago for the bears raiders game i never thought you know i would be in london and i use that opportunity i got to take my wife to like paris and london so it's just it's cool and i'm very fortunate to to be in this spot i'm gonna ask this in a question i asked last week but um have you got any stories of i don't know a moment where you might have regretted asking a player a question or a staff member a question um man uh i'm trying to think of one that's kind of stands out i mean i think everyone has those moments where like you ask a question and you're kind of like oh crap why did i ask that question i'll say like i was doing a story a couple years ago it was a like bears lions thanksgiving and i was taking the angle of like the bears beating the packers a couple of years ago on thanksgiving and there was a couple of players on that team and there was actually one player um that was a fan of that grew up in chicago and is actually on the roster and he watched the game and i wouldn't say it's like a question that i asked but it was more of like i didn't get the responses for the story that i thought i would um i asked a couple of people you know what do you remember about the game? Um, you know, how big was it for you guys to catch them in the playoff race? And the answers were pretty much like, um, it was a good game. We won the game. And I was kind of like, did I ask a stupid question? <laughs> but not nothing like that really for me that, that stands out as like a question. I'm like, Oh my God. But there, there are some where you're kind of like, Oh man, maybe I shouldn't have asked that. It just, it depends on the mood of a player too. You also have to, like, 
I always tell people like I try to interact with players as like people as well. People see these players and they're like, oh man, there's just superstars. But like I like to talk to them about you know food, sneakers, what are they doing in the city, things like that. So I th- if you do that, it's just, it's so much easier. Yeah, I can imagine they appreciate that. They're not going to talk yeah. about something they don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, so before we go, kind of looking ahead to what's coming this season. Quick look back at last season, really strange one for the Bears. Um, we talked about, we seem to talk about them quite a lot on it, on our show. Um, obviously, they, they got that five and one start, then they lost the next six. Um, I wrote down a question for you, and I'm going to ask it anyway. The, the three game winning streak that they went on in December. Was there a, was there a part of that that saved the coach's job, or was he was he ever really that at risk of losing his job at any point? I do think Matt Nagy was at risk. Um, you know, especially when they got off to that hot start, there was you know five and one, and um, the offense was just bad under Nick Foles. I mean, the way they handled that quarterback situation last year was like, what are they? I mean, what are they doing? Like, and now you look at it, and not to get off topic, but like. Trading for Nick Foles, you give up the draft pick and you pay him all that money. He's your third string quarter. He's a training camp arm right now, so that looks worse. They could have done what they did last year with Mitch Trubisky and not wasted the draft pick. So I do think Matt Nagy was on the hot seat a little bit. I think that game against Detroit, um, was, I think it was like week thir- 13 or something like that, 14 maybe, I think it was 13, where they blew that double-digit lead, I thought for sure he was, they were toast. But – I will say I, I do think that win streak did help them a little bit because they were playing, you know, the Jaguars. They were playing um, Houston. You know, the, the Vikings were kind of fighting for the playoff lives at the time. Um, and and the, the first game that the Bears and Vikings played was pretty damn close. You know, the, the Vikings won at Soldier Field. But I, I think it was kind of a little bit of a fool's gold going into the playoffs because you saw what happened against the Packers that week 17. It was like the old Bears back. I will say, though, I do think Justin Fields – bought them more time. I think they had a plan going into the offseason, and that's how they saved their jobs was, we're going to go after Russell Wilson, we're going to go after Deshaun Watson, or we're going to take one of these quarterbacks. I think that had more to do with saving their jobs than, than West Street did. Okay. It's interesting when we because there was definitely a point in the season where the, their offense was just tragic, um, and the, the points they were putting up, and then they kind of hit this little – Spell thir- weeks thirteen to sixteen. They scored more than thirty points in all of those games. Something changed at that point. Yeah, and that was like the first time in like forty years they've scored thirty or more points in three straight games. It's like it's incredible how bad the Bears have been on offense just for years. Not even like the last two years, just years. So the biggest change with that, I'd say, was a, a couple of things here. They made a switch on the offensive line before week 12 um, against Green Bay. And they essentially put Sam Mustafer at center, Cody Whitehair at guard. Um, you know, Jermaine Effetti was kicked off the tackle. That and Bill Lazor taking over the play calling, pretty much the two biggest factors. You know, I mentioned the three opponents, not the three best defenses in the league, kind of struggling. Um, so take that for what it's worth. But I do think the offense looked better under Bill Lazor. And I think he got back to the fundamentals. We're going to run the football first. We're going to you know, get the ground game going. It's going to open up more in our passing game, make things easier on Mitch Trubisky. They got to a point where you know, it was just, you couldn't have Mitch Trubisky go out there and try to win your games. You almost had to make it to the point where he was comfortable and he wouldn't lose your games. And by doing, you know, getting the run game going, that's exactly what they did. So I would attribute that to the offense being better to those two factors. Um, but we did see, you know, Matt Nagy still was calling some plays at the end of the year. You could tell which ones he was calling, too, because they would just be tight end sweeps or screens or just most random calls, most random times. So I, I'd attribute those two things as the biggest factors. Cool. Um, in terms of free agency, what they did in free agency, they, I had a quick look over this again as a reminder, but seemed relatively quiet um obviously Dalton came in from Dallas one-year deal Mitch went out to Buffalo but aside from Kyle Fuller maybe moving across to Denver what were the kind of headline any other headline picks in there 
I mean, I think the biggest headlines focused on Allen Robinson with his contract, um, mm-hmm. what they were going to do, were they going to franchise tag him? Um, you know, Kyle Fuller was a big one because we really didn't see that one coming. We knew they were kind of in some cap situation where they had to make a move. But talking to everyone around the team and, you know, people that were familiar with the situation, a lot of people thought it'd be Jimmy Graham or they'd restructure another deal, free up some space to to kind of get some cap going. But when the Kyle Fuller news broke, it was kind of a little crazy because it's like, how do you even let an an all-pro defensive back just pretty much walk? And they asked Kyle Fuller to take a pay cut. He said no. I'm a guy where I'm almost pro player on everything. I think if a team asks you to take a pay cut, I mean, you go, go, go get your money. You have to do what you have to do for your family. So, yeah, those two are probably the biggest ones. Obviously, Dalton, um, you know, that one was kind of a little like uh, disappointing or not as sexy, in, 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 you know, in terms of quarterback because they were in the mix for Deshaun Watson. They were certainly interested in Deshaun Watson. They were interested in Russell Wilson. There's also a report that they could target Ben Roethlisberger if that situation didn't get, didn't get um, figured out. And that never happened because Roethlisberger stayed. I don't know how – how that would have played out if that would have been even close, but that was a name mentioned. So yeah, I, I think, you know, not a lot of big moves, but people around the team expected that because they just didn't have the money to go out and spend on these big players. And that that's, you know, from that stems from giving Robert Quinn a big deal, giving Nick Foles' contract, paying that off. That's what really hurts you in the long run. Now we're starting to see it. <clears throat> that's the biggest problem, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, Coming back to the Andy Dalton thing, um, obviously when he came in, the social media book QB1 is now is pretty famous, but we all knew that didn't necessarily guarantee him it. But what is the feeling over there at the moment? I mean, the wording is saying that he's pretty much the starting quarterback for week one, but do we feel like that is just a smokescreen and Field has every chance, or is it going to be likely to be? I, all the hype is, all the hype's around Justin Fields. I mean, it's, and it's, even if he doesn't start, there's hope. Like mm-hmm. we, as a franchise, Bears have not had much hope at quarterback. There was a little bit with Mitch Trubisky, but Justin Fields is a guy that's done it on the biggest stage. I mean, he's taken down top programs. So, you know, there's a lot of excitement with him. I do think, you know, the Bears are going to go with Andy Dalton as the, the starting quarterback. I'd say this though, I don't, I wouldn't trust anything that Matt Nagy says right now or Ryan Pace because. Something could happen. I mean, who knows? You know, I'm not wishing an injury on anyone, but there could be an injury that happens at training camp. Um, Justin Fields could just blow them away in training camp, and he's a starter. If I had to make a prediction, I think Andy Dalton's going to be a starter, and here's why. I think the Bears are setting the bar so damn high for Justin Fields to win the job that they can't lose in the situation because if he doesn't win the job, they still have Andy Dalton who can you know go out there and get you a couple so, wins. But if he wins a job, it means he's exceeded their expectations by a lot. So I, I do think it will be Andy Dalton barring an injury, but I don't I think you know he's gonna have a short leash. I think if they come out and they're struggling in the first couple of weeks, we could see Justin Fields by week four or five. I um was just thinking there when we were talking about Dalton because I'm starting to feel a bit sorry for him. I feel like when the news broke, our exact words were it's not a sexy move. And now Zach's come on and said the exact same thing. And I completely agree, but the man's probably thinking, is there something wrong with the way I look? <laughs> he's got great hair. I mean, yeah, this exactly. guy's got great hair. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's tough because we're in a city here in Chicago and we just have not had good quarterback play at all. So it's almost, I almost feel bad for these guys because like Mitch Trubisky, it's not his fault that Patrick Mahomes is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback and Deshaun Watson had a path to being one, you know, a really damn good quarterback. Now it's like when you come into Chicago, there's been reports and stories of like players saying it's really hard to play quarterback in Chicago just because the expectations are so high. I believe it, man. Like our best quarterback has been Jay Cutler. And whether, you know, you think he sucks or not, or he's good, fans, it turned on him completely. It's like, it was just an insane time to be a, a fan and, and cover the team because it was either you hated Jay Cutler or you loved Jay Cutler. And then before that, I mean, Rex Grossman got to the Super Bowl, but like there was a the whole Kyle Orton debate. We just have not had good quarterback play. And, and fans are just losing their mind. And it does not help. I'll say this. It does not help that Green Bay's had 
Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for the past 30 years, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back, and we're just give us one, like give us one Hall of Fame quarterback. Let's not forget that Andy's also had Kirk Cousins. It must be, it must be tough comparing to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bears are happy to have him by the sounds like. Come on. That was far too early to be pulling Kirk through the mud like that. Um, we've got to go back, uh, stick it with quarterback situation. Before we get into the draft then, Zach, you've, you've mentioned a couple of times, we've got to know more about the whole Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson thing. As you you may be in a position to say there was ge- like genuine inquiries made there. Yeah, yeah. The Bears were definitely in full pursuit. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson was their first target, and then all the allegations came out. That kind of just wiped it all away, um, rightfully so too. You're not, you don't want to get into that mess with what he's got going on. Um, but Russell Wilson, I mean, as far as everything I've been told and have heard, the Bears were dead set on getting him, and they thought he was going to be traded. Um, I don't know if there was actually an offer. There's been that thing where it was like Kyle Fuller, um, Roquan Smith. And a couple other players floated out there in picks. I don't know if that's true or not. And Pete Carroll apparently backs a trade. He was the only one. But there were talks. Um, Ryan Pace, and I'm blanking on Seattle's general manager, they were both in North Dakota watching Trey Lance. And that's apparently when it all kind of went down where they were talking. Um, But, yeah, those were two guys the Bears were definitely in on. And Russell Wilson loves Chicago. He loves the city. He's he's been vocal about that. I think he would have been a fit here. The only problem is – that's a big cap hit, and you're pretty much trained for Russell Wilson. You're starting fresh because you have to find ways to get talent in here. So to kind of answer your question, yeah, there, there definitely was interest. Um, Watson at first, I mean, how – but there was also probably interest in Watson from, you know, 25 other teams that didn't have a franchise quarterback. Wilson's kind of the interesting one because I felt like that was the one that could have gotten done right at the end. But I think the Bears made out pretty well uh, with what happened, so – yeah, I was just about to say, I think actually at the end of the day, the best thing probably happened for you guys because, yeah, I mean, like you say, you get Russell Wilson, that's great. And everyone was saying, you get Wilson, Bears are making the playoffs and everything else, but you'd, like, you'd lose half the team. Yeah. You'd have people go, you'd have had to trade some people away. So, yeah, I think in the end, it's all worked out pretty well, to be fair. You yeah, give it, they, have, they didn't give up much to get fields anyway. When, when you, nah. If you go back nearly a full year, and then you, if you told us what you'd be giving up to get Justin Fields, everyone would be saying this is ludicrous. So, yep. yeah, in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're winning, quite frankly. We basically touched on it last week because obviously we were talking to someone from, about the Broncos saying why did they not go for Fields? And a lot of them are asking the same question. But the thing is, if Fields ends up being a top five quarterback, or even if he just ends up being a pretty solid quarterback of top 10 for the next 15 years, it's almost like that will be on the Broncos' GM for the rest of his career because... <laughs> We've seen what's happened with people giving up Mahomes, giving up so many quarterbacks for Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Um, and this could be another example where you guys, it's falling in your lap. And yeah, you haven't given much up and he could end up being in the future. So I hope so. Uh, no disrespect <laughs> to the Broncos. Uh, but I definitely hope so because like it's, like I said, man, the city is, we have the Cubs, we have the White Sox, you know, we have the Bulls, Blackhawks. We've lived through all these championships. If the Bears win a Super Bowl here and they have a good quarterback, the city is just going to be unreal. And I just hope that happens. I hope you're right because I think Justin Fields, he could be the real deal for them. Uh, and the guys here, Zach, know how much I like him. Um, and I was telling a story about the the draft, watching the draft the next day, and the way I was while I was watching the highlights, and I was half asleep because it was very early on the morning, and I didn't know it was the there was no order on the screen, so I didn't know whose pick it was, essentially. I mean, the background was orange, but I wasn't paying that much attention. I was gobsmacked to find out the Bears had leapt up the board and that he I almost hadn't noticed he was still available. So I'm still not okay with the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but being kind of in a circle as you are, when it got to draft night, was there a lot of talk that they were going to kind of muscle their way up the board to do that? Yeah, it was definitely a thought of, you know, they could move up. They might have the ammunition. um, And a lot of things kind of had to go their way. I mean, you know, we knew Trevor Lawrence was going to go one. We knew Zach Wilson was going to go two. I think the key was Trey Lance going three, um, Carolina, Denver, missing, you know, not taking a quarterback. And not only that, like, there was a report, too, that Minnesota was trying to trade up and they didn't have enough to do it. Um, 
But the biggest thing in my eyes was you you watched Philadelphia and Dallas essentially make a trade, okay? And that's two NFC East teams. And that happened with the Giants jumping ahead of the Giants, too. So that's three NFC East teams involved pretty much in that trade. And then you had to get the Giants to kind of trade, which Dave Gettleman really never does, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot had to kind of go into play. There was a thought, yeah, like the Bears couldn't move up. Um, when it actually happened and I got the alert, um, you know, on here on TV, it's a little delayed. You can kind of find everything on Twitter. Um, I thought I was like, if it's Mac Jones, I don't know what, (laughs) is this going to happen again? And no disrespect to Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is in a great spot. I think new England's a really good spot for him, but I just don't think he'd work out in Chicago. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, there was talk around here that the bears could move up, um, and take a quarterback. There was also talk that, you know, they could sit back and maybe Justin Fields or Mac Jones could fall to them um, or even move up to like 18, 19, you know, one or two spots and get them. So there was talk. I I don't know, you know, how confident people felt. I was kind of like 75, 25. It wasn't going to happen. I'm damn glad I'm, I'm wrong on that. Yeah, you're right. And you're saying about you could have maybe waited and it not trade up so far, but. It's one of them things you've got to push the button when you when when you guys that there's potentially ten teams that might regret passing up on him and the Giants are my I support the Giants and we are one of them in our current QB situation in two years time it could look like a disaster yep. um so I I'm absolutely all for going to get your guy when you can yeah and talking yep. about like what you said as well the actual Eagles jumping ahead of the Giants, meant for the Giants lost the player they wanted, which is the only reason why they traded back. So, yeah, mm. it literally did all fall into place for them. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, everything had to fall right. I mean, if Mac Jones goes three to the 49ers, I mean, who knows what happened? I mean, Trey Lance could fall. It's just, it's insane how it went down, but everything had to fall right into place. Do the, when you talk about the Chicago fans and how they haven't had, you know, that, that kind of quarterback that they want, do they have a a type that they want? Do they have a, a, a quarterback, you know, a runner or a, a bit of both or a gunslinger? What What's the preference? Basically not Mike Glennon. Thanks yeah, not, God, not Mike Glennon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there's a type. I think it's just to the point where, like, can we get a quarterback that can just complete passes down the field like Patrick Mahomes does or Deshaun Watson does or uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers does? I think, you know, the NFL is going to a spot where – it's all down. I mean, it's speed, 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 and downfield attacks and no huddles and, you know, kind of that quick offense. And that's kind of what Matt Nagy wants. I mean, Matt Nagy is that type of coach. He came from Andy Reid, so he kind of wants that system. Um, you know, traditionally here in Chicago, for us, it's been defense and you run the football. That's it. And now it's kind of, okay, we have a guy in Justin Fields. If you look at the Ohio State tape, I mean, he, he's very accurate down the field. And he's making throws that are like, wow, okay, like maybe we got something. But, yeah, I would say to answer the question, they just they want a quarterback that's going to put up the numbers. I mean, we're the only team in the NFL, the Bears the only team in the NFL, not to have a 4,000-yard passer in a single season, which is unbelievable. It's insane. So I'll say to answer it, yeah, a passer that can throw for over five, 4,000 yards. <laughs> nice, nice. Um what about the rest of the, I think, next pick, they took Tevin Jenkins, which seemed to be, from what I've read, seems to be a very popular pick. Um, in general, was the draft performance well-received? Yeah, I think this is a really good draft for the Bears. And, you know, in my one of my mocks, I think it was my second or third mock, I think I had Jenkins falling to, or going to the Bears in the first round. And... Matt Nagy said we had a first-round grade on him. He's a player we thought could have been there um, in the early 20s. And when he slipped out of that first round and was sitting there day two, they said, yep, we're going to go up and get him. We didn't really give up too much. Um, You know, a couple picks, which is not bad for a first-round talent. So, yeah, overall, I mean, the draft's been good. They they got two physical offensive linemen. That's kind of their scheme. They want to be bullies at the line of scrimmage. The Bears haven't had that in a long time. They haven't had those those nasty offensive linemen that are just going to maul you back. Um, you know, they, they added some speed, too. I was kind of interested to see that with Daz Newsome, Khalil Herbert. Um, and they got, you know, a little boost in the secondary with Thomas Graham and a nose tackle up front. So I think they really, their first two picks, they addressed big needs. Because now you look at it, if Tevin Jenkins and Justin Fields pan out, 
there's your starting left tackle for the future. There's your quarterback for the future. The rest is kind of, if we hit on anything else, it, it's a win. Overall, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's been a good, a lot of people are excited about this about this draft, the Bears. I've um, done a fair few fantasy drafts already for next year, especially Dynasty, uh, like the rookie draft. And I feel like in the fourth round, about 80% of them I picked up Daz Newsom, and I have no idea who he is. Really? I, I honestly, I mean, the guy means nothing to me. The name just stands out in a field of no names for me. So yeah, I picked him up everywhere. He's got, a, he's got a great name, and he's actually – we got to talk to him, and he has a personality that's just – I'll give you an example. We were talking to him in a, at rookie minicamp, and after about the third question, he stops everyone and he goes – all right, look, I need places to eat in Chicago. So ever, before you ask me a question, give me a food recommendation. So the next 10 questions, everyone's just like listing off their favorite spots. He's, he's a nice guy. Um, I follow him in college a lot at North Carolina. I, I don't know how he's going to, to pan out. He's hurt right now. Um, he does have a shoulder injury, but he's a guy that maybe could be a, a replacement for someone like Anthony Miller down the line. Good. Like yeah. That. Yeah, I was. I read. I read a very similar uh, kind of piece today about how Robinson's the the main guy. We got Darnell Mooney, who I think all three of us have kind of put a lot of um, trust in this coming <laughs> fantasy season. Um, but there is a spot there, I guess, for somebody like Newsom, maybe wide receiver three to force his way in. Yeah, I mean. Wide receiver is probably going to be my favorite battle in training camp because you have, you know, Daz Newsome, you have Anthony Miller, Riley Ridley, Javon Wims, um, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, uh, a guy like Jester Way can can steal a spot potentially. There's a lot of wide receivers on their roster right now. They'll probably keep six, maybe seven, depending on the special teams. Uh, I, could, I could probably see them keeping the six and adding Newsome for his special teams talent. But yeah, it's going to be fun in training camp because outside of Robinson and Mooney, those are two top two guys. It's wide open, <laughs> and I think the Bears are going to value special teams and speed um, when it comes down to those final three or four spots. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, one guy who looks like he's been working extremely hard in the off season is Cole Komet. That bloke is a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he. Uh, He's got to take that big step this year. I mean, we saw him last year. He out-snapped everyone at the end of the year, um, was kind of behind Jimmy Graham and Demetrius Harris, and then really kind of turned it on. He didn't add, I mean, he had 24 receptions for like 248 yards, two touchdowns, but that was his rookie season. It was a, And it wasn't even a real like rookie season because over here, we, we had no, like, no off-season practices until training camp. Everything was locked down, stuff like that. I'm sure same over there as well. Um, but you know, he's, he's learning and he's taking the time. He's, he's, he went to the tight end summit hosted by Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and Greg Olson. Uh, he's been bulking up a little bit and so far in, in OTAs and mini camps from what I've seen, I mean, he's getting involved a lot. They're moving him kind of all over the place. So they definitely have an emphasis on, on getting him more involved as a receiver and a run blocker as well. He actually had quite a good finish the last few games of the season. <clears throat> and it definitely felt me with much more confidence after getting him in my rookie draft. So the way he finished, if he takes that into next year, you can tell he's going to be used a lot. On a hope yeah, anyway. he'll, have a, he'll definitely have a bigger role this year. That's that's the plan. And he's learned, I mean, he gets to learn from Jimmy Graham, which is, which is pretty good. Can I just say, Jimmy Graham, how like everyone mocks him and everything else, but he still pops up with like at least half a dozen touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was a red zone go-to guy last year. It was crazy. All, it seems like all of his catches were touchdowns, <laughs> pretty and much. He always seems to be wide open, and he's catching yeah. it without any issue whatsoever. But he can't move. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that basketball, uh, that basketball frame to box out. <laughs> he's mastered it. True. Um, have you two got any more Bears-specific questions for Zach before we move on to the rest of the division? No, because I think we'll get onto it when we talk about the divisions. So. Yeah, no, I'll hold fire. Well, I'll, we got some interesting feedback on Twitter today, so I'll kind of try and uh, integrate some of that into this as we go through. Um, we'll start with what I would say about the feedback is it's a lot of it is with a caveat of it starts with if Rogers stays. So. 
we're going to have to kind of be careful about how we balance that out. Are we doing two lots of standings? The man is that influential. Um, <laughs> we, we start with Detroit because, I, I, you know, I've said to one of the guys, one of the pages that we kind of follow, you know, we try and keep it respectful. But they are, everybody knows they're in full rebuild mode. Uh, safe to say that. But they, you know, there's an argument to say they are doing it the right way, though. They got rid of the coach that just wasn't working out. He probably lasted longer than a lot of people thought he would have done. Um, I don't know much about Dan Campbell, to be honest. Can anybody shed any light on him? Nope. He's from the Falcons, isn't he? <laughs> He's he's an interesting. Uh, he's he's made some headlines over here with his press conferences. Oh yeah. Fighting. He's aggressive, isn't he? That's the yeah, thing. yeah, he's very aggressive. So we'll see how that kind of plays out for them. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, the, you can't get away from the fact that a lot of people have a lot to say about Jared Goff going there. And Stafford was kind of always held up as this great quarterback that never kind of got to where he deserved to be. Um, but Goff doesn't come with anything like that kind of <laughs> what you're gonna say. I was gonna reputation. Say, but Goff deserves to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you're going with it. What's the sort of take on the, the Lions where you are, Zach? Uh, you know, the overall outlook for the Lions is pretty much don't expect a lot just because, you know, new head coach, um, you know, they could be in position next year where they could be a top five, top three pick and get a quarterback, you know, Spencer uh, Rattler, Sam Howell, Keaton Slovis will all be up there, Malik Willis. I think that's kind of, you know, their situation is to kind of tank without tanking. Make sure you get one of those top five picks. Because, um, I mean, you look at the roster, you know, they, they took uh, Jeff Oduka a couple of years ago. He's a solid corner. Didn't really play as well as many thought he would for being a top five pick. Um, you know, that they address the offensive line. I think Sewell is going to be a really damn good offensive lineman. And he kind of fell into their laps right, right yeah. there. So it's just... For them, it's they don't have as much talent to contend. Even, you know, we'll say if Rodgers isn't Green Bay, even still then, I mean, they're not going to be a contender. I'd be very shocked if they were. I think they just got to, you know, their future's probably not in Jared Goff. I think his contract's up shortly after this season or next season. They can look at this year. Let's get the foundation in place. We've got a left tackle. we got a, a cornerback. Let's get some linebackers. Uh, let's get some weapons on offense. Things like that, and then kind of build on this year. Let Dan Campbell get the respect of the locker room, have players believe in him, um, you know, get a couple wins, feel good moments. The following years, when you kind of start to build, you get one of these quarterbacks, you take Rattler, Howell, um, and you're kind of setting yourself up for a run in, in two to three years here. Yeah, that's how I say it, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, Sort of one of the biggest Lions pages in the UK that we that we follow, they'd commented just to say that um, they'd had a solid draft class. It does seem to be a well-received draft again for them. Uh, they've got four first-round picks in two years' time, plenty of cap space in 2022, so they see everything trending in the right direction. But it can't yeah. go the other way, can it? Well, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> We've got to have something to hold on to, Paul. <laughs> um, we'll do we'll do the Vikings next. Um, yeah, too. I won't say much. Uh, I didn't realise until I looked into this today. Um, last season, we conceded the third highest points total in our franchise history, four hundred seventy-five points. We also scored the third highest points total in our franchise history. So that was that kind of perfectly sums up the season we had, I guess. <laughs> the the Vikings are such like an interesting team because I think going into this year, I think it's just it's just all on Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, can he win the big games? Can he be consistent? That's like the biggest key for them. I think they have a good ro- like I think they have a pretty solid roster. Their defense is pretty good. Um, Justin Jefferson is going to be really, really damn good. Um, then you have Dalvin Cook. I think their offensive line could use some work. Um, they have to get that kind of organized. But their offense, I mean, they could do what they did last year. You said third highest uh, points in franchise history. I mean, they could be right there. If the defense is good, they just have to stay consistent. For me, it feels like watching the Vikings, 
they'll find ways to lose really bad games. Like they beat Green Bay last year, I believe, in in Lambo, yeah. and then they'll like turn around and lose to like someone, you know, just a really bad loss. They just haven't been consistent. I don't know if it's if it's Zimmer or the coaching staff. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins. I don't know, man. I just I'm like hot and cold on him. He's just he's shown he could he could be a good quarterback, but then he's just you know he just flat out stinks sometimes. It's not not to be me, but he just flat out stinks sometimes. So I think he's got the weapons. You know, you have Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen. Um, Delvin Cook, they they have a good tight end and, and Irv Smith. It's just can they be consistent? I think you know if we'll go to the whole if Rodgers in Green Bay or not. If Rodgers isn't Green Bay, they I mean the Vikings could does do have a shot. They could win that division. Um, it's just getting to matter if, if Rodgers is in Green Bay. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it for the Bears or the Lions either. So mm. um, I I feel like we've kind of gone. We've gone kind of all in this season when you look at who we've done a hell of a lot of business. Uh, massive free agency, really good draft performs. There's still money in the bank as well. Um, but we've brought in people, you know, Patrick Peterson. Yeah, he's probably on the downward trend, but he's he's coming on a short-term deal. Nick Vigil, Dalvin Tomlinson, Weatherly's come back, Xavier Woods, uh, Mackenzie Alexander. It feels like they've kind of gone right. It's now or never because these are short-term deals. We've paid the guys, and then if it doesn't happen this year, there may be a big blow-up, I think, and there'll be questions about Zimmer and Spielman. Yeah, and you kind of saw that with the um, the pick of Kellen Mond, too. I mean, if it is this year, if it if it doesn't go well, they could kind of blow it up and, and turn it over to Kellen Mond and kind of be in a transition period. I don't know what they'd do with Zimmer. I don't know if they'd end that whole thing, or if they give them another shot. But I think the key for them, their secondary has got to play a lot better. Like they have, you know, Harrison Smith's been there forever. Um, you bring in Patrick Peterson. He's like you said, he's kind of a guy on his down slope, but he he has value. I mean, he has a, he's a guy that can help these young cornerbacks. They'll be interesting. They're going to be because I don't know, man. I feel like they could be right there in the middle, or they could kind of just be, you know, at the top of the division. At right, it's just. As weird as that sounds, it's just there's such a mixed bag with yeah. them. No, it is. It is all over. And I think, uh, again, I think the deal for Daniil Hunter sums up where they are. It's kind of like, look, just sign now. Give us a hell of a season. And then if it doesn't work out, you're in the market. You get your payday. Off you go. Um, Try to win now, essentially. Yeah. That's absolutely it. Yeah. It's a bit of a weird one though for the Vikings because last year when they got rid of some of their more experienced players and went with the draft, it was like the inconsistency was likely to happen and it did happen. But the some of the rookies didn't really show that potential that we we hoped, or the Vikings certainly hoped. And it feels like they've gone almost gone right. That didn't work. We're not even going to give it time. We're going to go and just throw all the experience back in there. And yeah, hopefully for you, for you, Andy. Um, hopefully it does sort of pay off, but it does feel like you were starting to sort of rebuild early and maybe give up that year and maybe work towards maybe this year or next year being back in contention or just giving up all up now and re-signing everyone, which, yeah, could pay off this year. But, it, yeah, that's the only thing after this year. What are you doing? But I think they, yeah. they probably look at the division and think this is a good year, as, as good a year as any to win it, um, with whether the situation the Lions are in and potentially the Bears. And, as we'll get onto it, potentially the Packers. Um, I don't know if they know any more than us about what Aaron Rodgers is doing. I highly doubt it, but um, yeah, I guess that they're, they they don't want to rebuild and then be competing with a rebuilt Lions and a rebuilt Bears as well. So why not? I don't think you're good enough, just to throw it out there. Even even if you win the division, I don't think it matters. But fair play for trying. Oh, just coming from a Giants fan, <laughs> no one winning their games, their division. I I, I'm just I'm all in to get hurt again. Uh, we've had you know we we had a really good draft again. We've addressed everything we needed to address. Um, so this is it now. Yeah, I mean with Kirk Cousins, I, I, as a Vikings fan, you take it on the chin. You get a lot of crap about Kirk Cousins. You can sit, I could sit and just throw numbers at people all day. He's top whatever, top 10 for God knows everything going. He's top 10. And last year, he spent most of the season on his back because he was just getting flattened. So do do the right thing. Give him his line, which they've done. 
if it doesn't work out, then fair enough, he isn't the guy. But I think he's he is probably badly done to because he's not a popular guy when in reality he's, he performs better than his reputation, probably. My opinion on him is not based on how he plays football. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help that the prime he's, he's usually bad yeah. at prime time too. That's yeah. that's yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? Like he being a Bucks fan and having Jameis Winston, I could throw loads of top ten, top five, even number ones. But then there was at the same time there's the other side where it's like statistically he's great on a lot of things, but then yeah. actually he loses us more games than he won. And I think with yeah. Kirk, he's, he's just a good quarterback, but sometimes in the big moments he just doesn't show up. But then that's down to the Vikings to have a defence that's going to say, right, we're going to put you in positions to win. We're not going to just put it all on you, Kirk, because we know we can't rely on you. And, and I think this year you're in a situation where that might happen more often than not, to be fair. You can argue that he did turn up last year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had one prime game, didn't he? I think. Yeah. There's, you know, that one I'm sure I wrote, I don't know if I was something I wrote last year or I was on, I was on a podcast and that very point came up that he puts up phenomenal numbers. And then the defence just absolutely, on so many occasions, the defence has just gone absolutely AWOL. Uh, and we've lost these really high-scoring games. Um, but, yeah, he's never going to be, you know, it's the, the difference makers, the real top top class guys are those ones who drag you through every single week when you need them. He's never going to be that guy, but he's certainly not uh, who a lot of people make him out to be either. Um, maybe. Take that from me. I'm a Vikings fan, I'm about to say that. <laughs> Um, Packers really interesting because they're still I don't know Zach Zach's more in the know he hears things that we don't hear but they're still what what is going on over there Zach I have no idea (laughs) I I have no idea what's going to happen I it is such a weird situation because as great as Aaron Rodgers is he's kind of got a weird personality and he's got like you know he he, I think he's serious about standing his ground and not playing this year. I honestly do. I think he's made so much money he can say, eh, whatever, I could sit out a year. He's very unhappy. That's the one thing we know. So we know he's very unhappy. Uh, we know he he's continues to be unhappy, and the Packers have really done nothing to um, improve his mood or kind of give him any signs that things are going to change. He's just He's mad because they took Jordan Love. They didn't tell him. Um, he's got no insight, essentially. And I will say this, they've surrounded him with weapons. I mean, they have a pretty good defense over there. They, you know, they his Devontae Adams. He has two good running backs. Um, he's just, I don't know, he, he's a guy that I could see him totally holding out, holding his ground. I mean, he's already taken shots where he's got the offended T-shirt and stuff like that on or, or whatever it was. Um I could also see him, you know, miss training camp, and then week one comes around. There he goes, right there, and he and he's still the reigning MVP, and he's as good as he's been. It's going to be very interesting because, you know, a lot of people point to training camp. I'd say, yeah, training camp's going to give us an indication. Even if he doesn't show up to training camp, though, he could miss all training camp, take the fine, whatever, show up in the preseason, show up in the regular season. I don't know. If I'm Green Bay, though, I'm just ending the saga. I just say, you know what? Here you go, Denver. Here you go, Las Vegas. Whoever else, Miami maybe, if Tua doesn't pan out. Take Aaron Rodgers. I do think the one thing that Green Bay is kind of hinting at is maybe Jordan Love really isn't ready. Maybe mm-hmm. they think he's ready next year. I don't know. I It's it's just a crazy situation, and it's, it's weird because it's like, you know, we've been following the Bears here in their offseason moves. We've been following what the heck's been going up in Green Bay, too, just as because it impacts everyone. It impacts the Vikings, it impacts the Lions, it impacts the Bears, it impacts the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, all the top teams potentially, you know, the Giants if they win the division. All those yeah. teams. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, Seattle, um, all those teams that could win the division, the Rams, and make the playoffs. It impacts them, too, because you don't have to go through Green Bay and see Aaron Rodgers if he's not there. Do you know what? Also, I was going to say, like, a man who loves the attention, him sitting out gets people talking about him even more. I was actually completely against the idea of him sitting out, but the more I think about it, it just suits him. Yeah. Like, yeah. It really does. And I don't think he's scared to, to host Jeopardy either. I, I mean, that's been the rumor. I don't think, I think yeah. he's like, okay, yep, I'll go host Jeopardy. I don't care. Like, 
I think he's got his foot in the ground. I think the Packers have their foot in the ground on the other side. I don't know. It's just, and it's, you know, I said earlier, like, try not to be a fan, but this is just like, the Packers have never experienced this. Like, they've never had any problems in 30 years. They had the Brett Favre saga for a year or two. That worked out well for them because they got Aaron Rodgers. But it's like, we're all watching this, like, man, now you guys kind of know how it feels to have some quarterback issues yeah. and things like that. It's just, it's such a weird, it's just, I don't know. It's a weird situation. And depending on who you ask, there's going to be different answers. Um, on what really is going on. It must feel like it's balancing out and a bit of fairness is coming out of it. A little, yeah, we just need Justin Fields to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think with Aaron Rodgers, he's the type of guy that um, I think he wants to control his own destiny. He knows full well that if he has one slight off year, he then he's out the door and, if, and the Packers can just get rid of him and they'll be like, it's the time to move on. But I also feel like he also knows that he's probably got another good couple of years in him and he wants to go somewhere now and prove that he doesn't need the Packers. And at the same time, like you mentioned, I think Jordan Love's at least a year too early. And he knows if he miss, if he goes now, Jordan Love's going to be thrown in that year too early. And his whole career could just completely go down the trash can. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, we miss. Why did we do that? We pushed yeah. Rodgers out. He's going to want a Super Bowl with Denver. You know, he's literally getting ahead of the whole curve and controlling everything. And fair play to him. But at the same time, there is an element. If I was a Packers fan, I'd be like, you know, we have he has been a great servant to us, of course. But then at the same time, we've been massive fans of him. And it's like now he's just putting two fingers up to us as well. But he don't care. I'll, What's the difference? I'll say, like, the reception from Packers fans, I'm kind of shocked. It's been like 60-40 that they're just they're mad at him. Like they're yeah. just like, okay, let's move on. Let's let's get let's get rid of this. But I mean, if you look at the last ten years, what Peyton Manning do? I mean, obviously that was, you know, a little different situation um with, with the surgery he had, but Peyton Manning showed, hey, I can go to Denver and I can I can win a ring. Um, Tom Brady, you know, different situation in Tampa Bay. He essentially it was this is over. The time was just up there, um, and he went and won, won a ring in, in Tampa Bay. So it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers could do it. He could very well say, it's over. Cut me, release me, do whatever you have to do. Um, I don't know. I just I think I feel like the ball is pretty much in the Packers' court right now. Oh. <laughs> Paul, Paul, you'll be very sad if he sits out because you're a big Rogers man, aren't you? I like watching him play football, um, yeah. but I'd also have to say that I'm. If I was a Packers fan, I'd be telling him he can leave. <laughs> um, yeah. Just you just you're not bigger than the team, and although quarterback in American <laughs> football is the closest thing to bigger than a team, um, it, you're still not. So I would, yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'd be on that sixty percent saying, see you later. But I do want to see him play. I just don't think Denver's the fit, and that's not not from a footballing point of view. Again, it's from a he's an LA type of guy. Yeah, he's not. A, he doesn't. He's not a Denver guy. I, I think you know, Las Vegas makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the the 49ers would have made sense before Trey Lance. Um, right now, if I look at, I mean, I think the Raiders are probably the best fit. Uh, for what he wants, you know, Denver's got the defense, but like you said, I don't know. I don't know if I could see him out in Denver. Um, he's already done Green Bay for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he wants something a bit flashy. You exactly. Say that, I mean, regarding fit though, like if you if you're coming away from the fact it's in Denver, couldn't ask for a better really an offense. He's got two decent running backs potentially. He's got yep. weapons galore. Yeah, I mean he'll yeah. smash that definitely, and as for the Raiders, I'd love to see that, but I honestly think he'll get so annoyed with that defense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got to improve it. Points a game. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have to score a lot. That defense <laughs> is brutal, but I mean, you know, I, I actually, you know, I like watching Aaron Rodgers play too, just not when he's playing the Bears, because he makes some throws, man. You're just like, what the hell? And, and you know, he's probably one of the best arm talents we've ever seen in our lifetime. It's just. I never would have thought this would be the path we're going down right now with Aaron Rodgers at all. Yeah, but I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, the uglier it gets, the better. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, right, before we finish up, let's get some uh, predictions for how this division is going to play out. So what we do here, Zach, we'll just go through each team Give us an idea of we're all going to do it. How many wins that team's going to get, and therefore how the division's going to play out. So let's start with the Lions. And 
don't be too harsh, you know. Okay. Um, right. So are we doing? Uh, are we under the assumption Aaron Rodgers is playing? Yeah, come on. <laughs> How would we rather do it? I think if we're talking about the Lions, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. But for future teams, what are we doing? Are we assuming he's there? I've, well, when it comes to the Packers, I've, well, I think I've, oh, I don't know. I've got two results for the Packers, but okay. I, yeah. I, I guess just you've got to go with what you think is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone. Go on. Go with what you think is going to happen then. So I'll, with Detroit, I think there'll be like three to four wins. Um, I just think, again, like they're still a couple years away. But that's not a bad thing, too. Like you're not expecting Dan Campbell to come in here and they're going to win, you know, eight, nine, ten games and win the division. It's just not realistic. And that's fine. Detroit fans, you know, kind of have to realize let's take this year. It's a year off, essentially. Let's kind of build on this year. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I'll go. I've got them. I've got them with three wins as well. Um, they'll probably pick up one in a division minimum. There's a winnable games there. Um, they've got they've got Swift, who's he's enough for a win in my eyes. I like him a lot. Uh, so yeah, and I'm just not going to be mean, so I'll give them three. No reason really. James. Um, well, as we're not being mean, I'll give them two. <laughs> oh, okay. I was originally I wrote down this would be the second time they're gonna be the first franchise to go oh and something. So okay, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you're right. I, there'll be a couple of opportunities there, and I'm sure they'll at least win one. But I'm not confident they're getting past three personally. Yeah, I mean I know I said be nice, but there's only there's only so much you can do. I tried that earlier, so I've done my bit. Um, I I wrote down three, and I even. Wrote, also wrote down that I'm struggling to find a fourth win. I wanted to find a fourth win for them, but I couldn't see it in their schedule. So, yeah, I've gone three as well. There we go. Good. Now it gets tough. <laughs> Let's do the Vikings. Oh, man. Um, for me, I would probably put them probably eight wins, eight Ceiling a nine, ten ish. I'll go eight. I think they're good enough to get to the eight wins. I also think they're going to be inconsistent. Like you know, you're going to give a lot of points again this year. Um, see, this is where kind of Rodgers comes in because I think if Rodgers is not in Green Bay, I think the Vikings could win one of those games. Maybe sweep them. I don't know. I just it's tough. I'll say eight just to play it safe. If we're keeping the order, that means me. So I, I have them. I have you guys at seven wins if Rogers is there, um, <laughs> and seven if Rogers isn't. There. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you are already, you are already hard team to call as you know, supporting them week in week out. But I think your range is between seven and ten, seven and nine maybe so i will naturally go to the lower side because <laughs> we do a podcast together so seven wins for me wow unbelievable well it's only positive for me andy compared to these so anyway uh, I, i'm similar i think seven for me the the bar like the lowest is going to be seven i think 11 or 12 is just ceiling but i'm going in the fact that i trust zimmer with with experienced players zimmer manages to work out they can work together and i think your defense would be getting back to where you we know the Vikings are. And I do think your offense is too good. So I've got you going eleven and six. And that's with whatever Rogers does. I think if Rogers doesn't play, eleven's definitely doable. With him playing, maybe you might slip to nine or ten, but I'm going eleven and six and I think you're going going quite far, Andy, personally. Oh you know he's sick. <laughs> <laughs> James has put a bet on us to win the Super Bowl. I've actually put a bet on them winning the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. It's a we we spoke about it last week, but like basically, you know, when you get like the, the favourites, obviously you're not going to vote for bet for them. Yeah. But then like the next tier down, thirty to one, it was like oh, worth yeah. it. definitely. Yeah. Well, Why not? I have written down exactly the same as you, James. I wrote eleven and six, and then in brackets I wrote maybe even twelve wins. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, but but I'll 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 go with eleven. Um, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm all in, and I don't even have to justify it because. No. Um, (laughs) we'll do we'll save the Bears to last uh, for for our guests so Packers next up 
<laughs> um, no, I just, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, okay, so with Aaron Rodgers, I will say they, they got about 12 wins. They'll go, what, 12 and 5, 13 and, and 4. Um, I think without Aaron Rodgers, I think it's a decent – it's a good enough roster, I would say, in that eight range without him, seven. Um, I go seven without him, 12 with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's just, man, he's worth so many games. And if Jordan Love stinks, they're, they're, they could be in Lions territory <laughs> with three wins if he stinks. So. <laughs> yeah, that'll get ugly quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go 10 on the, the assumption – that I'm not going to decide if Rogers is there or not. <laughs> so what well, I've pretty done the exact same thing as you, but I've just split the difference and gone for ten You've because I gone. can't be too far away. You've yeah. gone half a season with love, half a season. Yeah. With love. <laughs> yeah, I've ended up at ten. Okay. Um, I've got them going eleven and six with Rogers starting because I still think there's going to be a little bit. It's not going to be as good as last year, even if he plays. He might be, but I just think. There's going to be a bit of hurt in that team, whatever happens now. But if he doesn't play, I've got him going 6-11. and 11, And Jeez. I think it's going to be a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Aaron Rodgers would love this conversation, wouldn't this he? Is, this is absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Um, because I honestly thought James or Paul would have the Packers that get more wins than me. And that's all. Oh, oh, dear. Um, oh, if... Honest to God, Avril, if Rodgers is there, I see them getting 12, 13 wins. I don't think that's wrong. Um, and I was hoping you two would be at least in that ballpark. So I would be. If, if I'm, but if Rodgers is there for the full season, they'll get 13 wins. But yeah. I would need to put my money where my mouth is on that. <laughs> if he's not seven or eight, then I'm all in for that. Um <laughs> Okay, Bears. Importantly, let's get on to the Bears. Our favorite. Oh, man. Uh, this might be a little shocking. I think I got them at seven wins this year. I think the schedule is just so tough at the end. Um, I think it doesn't matter if Rodgers is there or not. I think, you know, they got the Rams probably be a tough game to start. After that, it kind of opens up a little bit. They could get to like four and one, three and two. Man, after like that Raiders game again, like, they're just, it's a brutal schedule. So I got them at seven wins. But the main thing is, for the Bears right now, yeah, you want to go to the playoffs. I think Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have bought enough time. Everything's on Justin Fields. If they stink and Justin Fields pl- comes in and plays and he plays good, I think you could count that as a, a big positive this season. If he comes in and surprises everyone, they get to 10, 12 wins, that's an even bigger bonus. But I, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to say seven wins for them this year. The entire of last season, saying they will, whenever they played a game, it was they wouldn't, they wouldn't win another one all season. That was my motto for the Bears. And it got worse and worse before it got better. Yeah. And, and then it looked pretty good. For a long time, it was, it was looking great. And then it got bad again. Um, but this year, I think you're going to do better. Um I'm going to put them at eight purely for the reason that puts them above the Vikings. Um, <laughs> it was going to be seven, but I wanted to put, I wanted to divide them somehow, so I've got eight. Okay, Doc. Well, I mean, we did like a podcast far too early, did way too early predictions, and partly because I felt a bit sorry for the Bears. I did say they would win the division as a bit of an outrageous take. That's before they signed Dalton, before they took Fields. I'm pleased they got Fields for that one now. <laughs> um, but I've got I, – that schedule is hard. I have got them going 9-8, and eight, but a bit of me does feel a bit optimistic, and it might be down to Rogers not playing as well. Yeah. But I think if a few things click, you've definitely got the players, you've got a good defence, I think you could get back door into the playoffs. And that's probably about it at best. <laughs> How many wins did they end up with last year? Eight. Eight, yeah. Doesn't, they doesn't they, cre- exactly. they created that extra playoff spot just for the Bears. For the <laughs> <laughs> and I think you might be in that spot again. Yep, yep. Yeah. We'll just own that spot. <laughs> uh, I've got them with nine wins as well. Um, 
I had a look at their schedule. It's hard to work out, but they're they're a team whose defense is largely there's always a certain meanness to that defense. They never seem to really have any major shifts where you think, like last year, the Vikings' defense terrible. Usually good, but terrible. The Bears always just seem to maintain a certain level, and that defense is going to keep them in games a lot of the time. Um, yeah, nine and eight for me. So that would have them coming in third. I'm not sure I've got enough wins in my prediction. <laughs> I think I've got the lowest out of everyone. In You've got team. seven for the Vikings, eight for the Bears, ten for the Packers, and three for the Lions. I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> But it's put a few ties in there. Yeah, just... yeah, there's a, there's a lot of yeah. love for that division. No, no love for the North, you ball. Terrible. No, no, I never have done. I'm a southerner. <laughs> I'm a southerner. Right, have you got anything else you want to throw at Zach before we let him go? I think I'm good. I've yeah, you covered it. Great, yeah. It's been nice to have someone defend the Bears, and I'm sure the couple of Bears fans that we really do have will appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we got. No, I got no. carried away. I got carried away last year. <laughs> it's a fresh clean slate now isn't yeah, it yeah I, I think so <laughs> they're going to be one of Paul's teams you watch you never know <laughs> oh, uh, thank you very much for your time Zach it's been much appreciated loved it Yeah, cheers, no, ta- er, no problem guys thank you um, anytime you guys want to do this let me know um, I appreciate it you guys know your stuff very well informed um, I, I'm actually very impressed no offense I'm just like <laughs> no 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 you're, no, I just, you're I'm the actually, first person to say it, I think. You guys, <laughs> no, you guys really do know your stuff. slogan, if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and I know, yeah. You know, our football is a lot, you know, football is different in, in both spots. So, yeah, I'm definitely impressed. And uh, take care. Yeah, anytime you guys want to do anything, just let me know. And um, good luck with the podcast. Cheers, man. Thank, Thank you very much. Take it easy, guys. Cheers, Zach. Take care. See you soon. Okay, thanks again to Zach for that really great insight uh, on the Bears and everything else in that division. Enjoy that, gents. I did. It, oh, it's, um, I think Paul would agree with this, but I think he's probably the best thing about the Bears. I don't know. I couldn't name another good thing. Actually, Steve, if he still listens. Steve, yeah. yeah right, he's... Steve, because I feel like that was for Steve. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to even if we'll tag him so that he knows yeah. that there was an episode of non-Bears slander. But we just need to get a quick minute of how much they suck in because it didn't feel right. I can't. I I really refrain from from doing that because it's going to look worse on me. You two can say all that, but if I say it, then they're a divisional rival. It looks terrible. There's a there's an accountability there, isn't there? Yeah, I have respect for all of my divisional rivals. (laughs) You need to respect yourself a bit more. (laughs) There's a politician's answer. Um, Paul, I believe you have a question for us before we wrap it up. Yeah, it's probably the most important question we've ever done, um, in my opinion. It's not food related, so boom, 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 that's, that. you can hear the followers, the three followers Switch leaving. Off. Yeah, yeah, all four of them. Um, football, we, it's all, all we can talk about at the moment. England, rightly so. What is the best England football song of all time? You said it's not food related, but obviously Vindaloo's going to be in there. Yeah, true. Up there. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give you the boring answer that you want me not to give you because you're going to get wound up by it. But for me, Free Lions, 100%. No, I was getting wound up as a joke because I, I'm obviously going to disagree with you. But it's a great song. It's not a wrong answer. Am, am I, just to qualify my answer, am I right in thinking there's only three? That we're talking about it. <laughs> there's tons, mate. There's loads of them. Well, but there are yeah. The, there's only three, probably three that we should talk about. Okay, all right. Uh, but you've got like, <laughs> just to name a few, you've got um, the Ant and Deck one. We're <laughs> on the ball. Oh, oh God, right. You've Jesus. got there was one with Dizzy Rascal and James Corden. No, a few no the original. We want the original. <laughs> um, I don't know. And then you've World got World Emotion. Like, World in Motion is the greatest football song and arguably the greatest song of all time. <laughs> um, that would be my answer, just to clarify. Okay. I think that's an actually, like, it's an actual good it's tune. Yeah, it's a proper song and it's also got John Barnes rapping in it, so. <laughs> well, okay, this is going to, okay. So, on that point, 
I watched a video of him the other day, and they were like, huh. you know, do the rap, John. You're talking, nobody cares what you're saying. <laughs> just, just do the rap. Poke him with a stick. And it. And he did it, and I was like watching it, thinking, "Christ, this is awkward," because he's just sat in some like coffee shop somewhere, with a suit on, like with this microphone shoved in his face, and Joe Cole sat next to him, just grinning like a moron. I'm like, "John, what have you become?" But um, is he really rapping, or is he just talking a little bit faster than yeah? That's a debate in itself. I don't want to get involved (laughs) in that. I'm not. I don't want to get into technicalities of it. It's it's Um, okay. Whatever it is, it's, that as a rap, to be it, fair. it feels good. Whatever it is, it feels, it feels good. good. I, I will say, and, and then I listened to um, Three Lines on the radio today, and I was like, I'd never really noticed it before, but just how bad Bedeal and Skinner are at singing. You don't notice it, like, to a point, and then when you get old and cynical like me, I'm just sat there thinking, Jesus Christ, you think that it touched the vocals up a bit on this? Oh, it's not the point, Andy. Where's your Where's your purity gone? <laughs> but Come on, just enjoy that, it for what it all is. All of that considered, new order against Spyball. Correct. Uh, Sorry, James. I mean, it's a good second. I mean, I'm not. That's my second favorite English yeah. song. So I don't mind. As long as one of those two, and it's not something else. Like Vindaloo's boring. <laughs> it's terrible. It's... I mean, there's one. There's a new one out this year. Um, by Crepton Conan, but I haven't heard it yet. Also, Scouting for Girls did one a few years ago. Did they? It did, yeah. It's all right. Just going back, there's a new one out by who? Crept and Conan. Crept. There are two people. Um, they're from Fort Heath, where I'm calling from where I was from. Um, I haven't heard the song yet, but it will not be your cup of tea, Andy. Ah. That's just an assumption, but I'm pretty confident in it. I'm learning it all the time. Do that rap in it, though. That's the thing. I think what they, they're known for wordplay, so like puns and things like that. So I believe they're going to probably get everyone's name into the verse. And yeah, I. it's not John Barnes' level of rap. <laughs> and when they start putting people's names into it, let's just move on. Okay. Is that is that a no-go for you, James? I've not even listened to it, but I'm already no. I don't want to <laughs> okay. I don't need Pickford to Maguire. Maguire. <laughs> I don't think that's what I, I don't think that was the wordplay I was <laughs> I don't think they're going to go how they scored the goal. I think but we'll see. Oh man. Right. That'll do it. Uh, next week, Paul. It's all about your division, my friend. Which one? I we done no, well, yeah, which one indeed? Your OG one. Um, so come well armed. Uh, yeah, I will. I certainly will. Good man. Right, fellas, I'm off. Me too. Enjoy the game at the weekend. Yeah, hopefully you'll be morning, in man. a good mood next week. That's got the word emotion. Let's do it. <laughs> Enjoy your week, fellas. Speak to you soon. See you later. Take care.